We're going to uh, continue in the series of Whisper. Will you say that with me? Whisper. Whisper. What is that about, J.O.? Well, it's from a book by, Bart, by Mark um, um, Batterson, and it's about the voice of God, hearing the voice of the Spirit. And we're going to continue in that. Different languages. He speaks in different languages in various ways. And I believe that uh, uh, if you think that God only speaks the way that I'm talking to you right now, you're going to miss it because he can speak that way. But he speaks in many ways, in various ways. And we're going to look at another way that I believe that he speaks today. It's called Thora. Say that with me. Thora. Thora. Say it with me from your heart. Thora. And you'll, you'll get the spirit of that in just a minute after I pray. Father, thank you for this time. Just ask that you would move so mightily right now. Holy Spirit, thank you that you dwell in the midst of our praise. You gather here. We're, we're here gathered in your name, and we know that you're here right now in this place. Just move, speak to us, even the whisper to our hearts this morning in Jesus name and everyone said you know I do want to do this I thought the worship team heart creative did a phenomenal job this morning can we just thank them I I so appreciate them the songs that they write the time that they put in that last song we did was just beautiful it's going to be on the heart creatives uh, album so wonderful well Thora say that with me again Thora what does that mean? It means doors. One of the languages of the Spirit is doors, the opening and shutting of doors. Let me, let me first begin with sharing a, a scripture from pretty much kind of like, I, I view maybe two scriptures being the theme scriptures of this series, one of them being 1 Kings 19.12, 1 Kings 19.12, and it says, And after the earthquake there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. That gentle whisper was the voice of God. Elijah, Elijah, he had been running for his life from crazy woman Jezebel. He had been threatened by her, and he goes underneath a tree, and he's suicidal, and all of a sudden, God meets him there, feeds him with raven, and so forth and so on. Now he's at a cave, and God begins to speak to him in the cave, and he comes out to the edge of the cave, and different loud kind of manifestations were going on, like a fire and earthquake and wind, but God was not in those things. He was in the gentle whisper. God whispers in different and various ways. That's what I hope that you take away from this, this series, that he speaks in various and many ways. And I think that the Bible says, for the lack of knowledge, people perish. It's not always the lack of faith, but the lack of knowledge, the lack of knowing. So I want you to walk out of here looking for the voice of God, listening for the voice of God in the different languages that I think that he speaks to us in. And one of them is Thorah in the area of doors. Hebrews 1.1 says this, long ago God spoke many times. Look, in, go with me, church, in many ways. He spoke many ways to our ancestors through the, the prophets. God speaks through, we heard a few weeks ago, through the key of keys. 
How many of you can remember what the key of keys is? Give me just one person that can remember a sermon. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Scripture, the word. Seth spoke on a Saturday night at 1111, uh, I'm sorry, at the 909, and God speaks through the key of keys, scriptures, the Bible. If, if the most fanciest prophet comes to you and gives you a word from the Lord, and that word does not line up with God's scripture, you know what you should do with that word? Chuck it. It's got to line up with God's scripture. It's got to line up with God's word. That word, J.O., I, I, you know, I, I don't, I so want to hear God's voice. Let me tell you something right now. If you read God's word, you will hear God's voice. You cannot come to me and go to your friends. I never hear from God. God always speaks through. If you open up his word, he speaks through his word. His word is alive, sharper than any two-edged sword. He will speak. When you pray, you're talking to God. When you read the word, he's talking to you. I think one of the challenges is not reading the word. I think we should read it on a daily basis because it's called what? Daily? Bread. Come on, somebody. Daily bread. bread. Amen. Are you with me? Yes. Don't walk out of here saying, I never hear from God. You'll hear from God if you read his word. You can hear from God today if you read his word today. It's alive. And then we talked about, not, not I, but um, Pastor Bob Grimm talked about the unfair advantage, and it was just wonderful. The unfair advantage is having the voice of God to lead you prophetically, hearing the voice of God. One week I talked about the whisper of desire, of how God speaks to us through our desires. I'm not talking about evil desires. I'm not talking about lustful desires. I'm not talking about selfish desires, but I'm talking about God puts desires in your heart. He gives you the desire, and he gives you the desire. He gives you the, he puts the desire in your heart, and as you delight yourself in the Lord, he gives you the desire of your heart. So, double whammy, desire, desire, it comes from God. Don't look at it and go, well, it's something that I, that's, you know, pleasurable. And if it's pleasurable, it's obviously evil. That's not true. God looked back at his creation and said, it's good. And in the Hebrew, that word, if I'm not mistaken, means pleasure. And so make sure that you understand that God gives us the desires of our heart. Last Saturday night, I spoke on the shout of pain. And I got feedback from that of how God can speak through pain. And if you don't believe that, just let me take your arm and twist it real good. Pain will get your attention right now. I'm not here to discuss, did the pain come from God or did it come from the devil? My point is that God speaks through pain. And my point is, is that God spoke through pain in my life that saved my life. Pain was a gift in my life. I was in massive addiction. Out of the pain of that, God put a, a hunger in me for him and God used pain to speak to me. So that's pretty of a, a kind of a, a radical scripture. Then you heard from, I mean, radical sermon. You heard from Pastor Tim last week and you heard about his pain. And even in the midst of him going through what he did like the first four or five days, I mean, he was like in, it felt like hell 
of how God spoke to him through that time at the end of it. And then we should all catch STDs and share them. And you look at me like I'm crazy because you wasn't here. Because if you were here, you know exactly what I'm talking about, that we should share STDs. Amen. Guests are like, I don't know if I'm going to that church again. You should listen to the sermon from Pastor Tim Remington, okay? Because STDs are not always bad. Not those STDs. Amen? Other STDs, yeah, bad. Thora, the language of doors. I believe that God speaks through uh, doors, and it is a language of the Spirit. As we go into this arena, we don't interpret the Word of God by signs or wonders or doors. We interpret the Word of God by the Word of God. Are you following that? But God will generally confirm His Word through signs and wonders and doors. Let me give you an example. And these signs will follow those who believe. I get nervous for believers who they run after signs. No, signs should follow me. They should follow you. I don't have to go looking, amen, because I'm a believer. Are you with me? So they... They, they, they confirm God's word, but it's not what uh, we chase after. One of the sign languages, here we go. Did you feel that? One of the sign languages God uses is opening and shutting doors. It makes sense to me because Jesus said that he is the door. I want you to look at John 10, 7 with me and uh, talking about opening and closing doors, John 10, 7. Jesus said to them again, most assuredly, I say to you, I am the Torah. I am the door of the sheep. Right there, Jesus is talking about salvation. He is the door of salvation. He is the Torah of salvation. I believe uh, he's talking about salvation and life. And then John 10, 9 says this, I am, code red, I am the Torah, the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and he will go in and out and find pastures. Through this portion of the scriptures in John, God's talking, he's speaking. Jesus is speaking about Thora, the door. He's speaking about sheep. He's speaking about shepherds. He's speaking about hearing the shepherd, knowing the shepherd's voice. Are you following me, okay? So let me read a little bit of that. John 10, 3 through 4. I hope you have your Bibles. It's good for you to follow me in the Bibles when it's not on the Sky Bible behind me. Don't put everything up there. That would be just a little bit of a cheat sheet. You should have your Bibles, I think. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings them out, his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him. Listen, for they know his voice. God wants you to know his voice. He wants you to know that you can know his voice. He wants you to know that's not a weird thing, that you can hear his voice, that you can follow his voice, that, that God wants us. 
I think sometimes we think that we're going to hear his voice just like we would do turning on a TV or whatever. I want to let you know sometimes you have to wait. You have to clear out everything else. You've got to get rid of the static. Craig last night in, in heart prep, he felt like the Lord spoke to him, tune in. Tune in. Remember Pastor Bob Grimm up here tuning in that old radio? You have to tune in, but God is speaking. He's been speaking since the very beginning. I mean, his voice is what keeps, his voice is what keeps the universe together. The, verse, the universe is expanding because of, of his voice. It still echoes. His voice does not return void. His, his word does not return void. He is speaking and he wants us to tune in. God uses, I believe, the language of doors. We're going to look at Isaiah 22, 22. It's beautiful scripture. We're going to talk about it. I'm going to read it. Then we're going to come back to it. But I want you to go with me today when, it, when I speak of doors. It says this. I will give him. Everyone say him. Amen. Who is him? We'll, we're going to talk about him for a minute. But I'm going to give you a little uh, peek into that. If you were to read this chapter, you would find out he's a good guy. His name is Eli Akim. Okay? Eli Akim. Eli Akim. And Eli Akim is the one that he's talking about in the scripture and he's talking about this Eliakim, that he has the keys to the house of David, okay? This is for real. This is not super spiritual in the sense of a typology, but it goes to a typology, okay? It goes to a typology of Jesus in Revelation. But right now in Isaiah, it's not a typology. It's this guy who is like the chief authority over the house of David, and he has the keys, Eliakim says this, the key to the house of David, the highest position in the royal court. When he opens the doors, no one will be able to close them. It's, it's, it's real. When he closes doors, no one will be able to open them. Okay? And then if you go to Revelation, you're going to see a scripture that's kind of close to that. And I believe it shows the typology of, of Jesus out of Eli, uh, Eliakim being that typology of Christ. And it says this in Revelation 3, 7. It says, and to the angel of the church of Philadelphia say, these things I these things say he who is holy, he who is true. Look, this is code red. And he who has the key of David, opening the door so it will, so that it may be shut by no one, and shutting it so that it may be opened to no one. Okay? All right. Let me give you an example, a radical example of a shutting of a door in the Bible, in the very beginnings of the Bible, in Genesis. How many of you remember Noah? What does Noah remind you of? A what? Ark? Great flood, right? Okay. How many know that Noah built an ark? It's a real deal. I mean, he built an ark. How many know it hadn't even ever even rained? I mean, people probably thought poor Noah, man, he was psycho. Can you imagine what the neighbors would say? You're building an ark, and it's not even rained before. And then all of a sudden, he builds it. Just according to the word of the Lord, okay? We walk by faith and not by sight. He was a man of righteousness. He was a righteous preacher. And he was a, I mean, he was a man of faith. And it says this in Genesis 7, 16. If you look 
you'll find that there is a door on the ark. How many know that? There was a door. Okay. Guess who shut the door? A male and a female of each kind entered just as God had commanded Noah. Then the Lord closed the door behind them. When God closes a door, how many more animals got on? Zero. How many more people got on? Zero. When God shuts the door, he has a way that no man will open it. And then they were in the flood and over many, many, I mean, it rained for 40 days, but they were on, they were in a flood for a lot longer than 40 days. And after a hundred some days, there the lands on a mountaintop, it sends out a raven and dove and so forth and so on. And then all of a sudden there was a time where they came out of the ark. I'm sure they walked through the same door that God shut he opened the door, he closed the door, he closed the door, he opened the door. I'm not saying, the, the Bible doesn't say that God opened the door. I'm just saying that it opened. It does say that he shut the door, okay? My point was, a lot of times when God closes a door, more than once he will always open a door for you. He closed the door on the ark, and then they landed on this mountain and obviously they walked out of the door and there was a whole new world, a whole new adventure for, for them. And I say that because Jesus even speaks of your soul or your heart or your spirit, man. He reflects it to a door, okay? And he says this in Revelations 3.20. Listen to what it says. Behold, I, this is Jesus talking. Behold, I stand at the door. Say that with me, the door. He's talking specifically about a door. The door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. If you're here this morning and you've never opened the door for Jesus to come into your heart, let me tell you, today is a great day to do that. Do I know he's knocking on your heart? Absolutely. I think that he's always knocking on our heart. He wants you to hear it. I think you're going to hear it today. And I think you should allow him to come in. It's all good. He comes in relationship with you. He comes in and he will lead you. You'll all of a sudden have a brand new life. All of a sudden you'll realize why you exist to have a relationship with God the Father, with Jesus. And he knocks, he knocks. He, re, he refers to kind of like our, our heart as a door and he knocks at it. He's knocking. He knocked at people's door last night. People gave their life to Christ last night. Almost every gathering people give their life to Christ. Why? Because he's knocking. He cares. He loves you. You were born for more than you're doing today. You were born to be in a relationship with God Almighty. And he knocks. Here's the radical deal. Package. You must be ready for closed doors just as you delight in open doors. You can't just play, pray. You can pray, but 
believe me, I think the only way that opens is a lot of times because of the closes. You just pray, open the door, Lord, open the door, new job, open the door, give me a wife, open the door, give me a husband, open the door, give me education, open the door, open the door, open the door. Well, a lot of times he uses not just open doors, but he uses closed doors. So I want to, I want to prepare you for that, that don't say that just because it's a closed door, that it's not God. I'm going to give you a couple examples of closed doors and open doors and how God has absolutely led Ray Dean and I at times and spoke to through us very clearly with doors closed and doors open. Whenever we were praying about moving and praying about from City Harvest Church and praying about planting a church somewhere in this region, Radine and I had many opportunities. We were at City Harvest Church for seven years, and over those seven years, I had door after door after door after door open in what I call this area, okay, uh, mostly in eastern Washington, okay? I, I would say I would say all of them were in, in, in eastern Washington. It didn't mean that we were going to plan in eastern Washington. It didn't mean that we were going to plan in that area, but it, it was just ongoing doors open in eastern Washington. For example, our kids are going to be going to youth camp tomorrow, okay? Over the seven years that we were at City Harvest Church, we came into this area 16 times preaching and ministering, okay? Door, I mean, it, I don't even think we were getting it at the time, but we did finally get it, but there was door open, door open. I mean, at Riverview, where our kids are going tomorrow, I've done We've spoke, I've spoken at family camps, youth camps, evangelism camps over in uh, Washington, over in Spokane, spoke to church staff. There's a Christian school out north side of, of Spokane, did a spiritual week there. This was all over the seven years that we were at City Harvest. We just kept coming to this area, coming to this area. It was door after door after door after door. And so when it was time for us to church plan, I went to Pastor Bob, who's my pops in the Lord, and he says, J.O., I want you to get a city. I want you, we're a city church. I want you to get a city. Where, where, what is God speaking to you and Radine about a city to plant the church? We drove to a place called Liberty Lake. Anybody ever heard of Liberty Lake before? We drove to Liberty Lake thinking that this could be the place where we're planning the church. Let me show you exactly what I mean about open and closed doors. We go into Liberty Lake. We get the newspaper. I don't even remember where we got the newspaper from. It's called, if I'm not mistaken, it's called The Splash. I think it was The Splash back then. And on the front page front page of Liberty Lake newspaper, there was a new church plant. And it was, the ministers were part of MFI. That's what we're part of. Had no clue. But I had a clue after reading that newspaper that that door was shut welded, locked. That was not where we were planning church. It was as clear that I didn't even have to pray about it. I knew that I knew that that was a closed door that Liberty Lake was not, even though we had looked at houses and drove around there and so forth and so on. That was a shut door. Clear. Case closed. I could have done this. We 
shut the door. Don't whine about shutting doors. Don't whine when God shuts the door. Because if he shuts the door, guess what? He's speaking to you. He is leading you. He is guiding you. He is directing you. It is the language. It is a language of the Father to open and shut doors. That door was so slammed shut. But it continued to lead us. God, where are you taking us? And through serious signs and wonders, God led us to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And we knew when, when you plant a church, you better know that you know that you heard from the Father. You know the devil doesn't like you planting churches. You, you know that? It's like, oh, let's just put a bullseye on our back. Hey, just shoot me up, devil. You know, he doesn't like that. So you better know that you know. Because no matter through hell or high water, if you know that you know that you heard from the Father, then you just keep pressing on. Are you following me? God shut doors, but he also, with signs and wonders, opened doors for us to be in Coeur d'Alene. Are you following me? He uses doors. Let me give you another example. We were, uh, had the opportunity, some little door can lead to a big door. Okay, at times, the little door will lead to a big door. For, uh, for, uh, uh, for a few years, we prayed with the mayor of Coeur d'Alene. Had a great opportunity, built a wonderful relationship. Uh, just really liked, uh, it was not the mayor now, but the previous mayor. And just had a wonderful relationship going. Radian and I would go in there, I think it was on a Thursday morning, about once a month if it always worked out and we prayed for the mayor. And so we built this, we just walked through the door of obedience, just praying for the mayor. In the midst of that time, a larger door opened. There was a time where uh, the, 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 the mayor was looking to be recalled. And we went in to pray for her. And I remember my wife had a word from the Lord. Now, we had never prophesied or given a word or anything like that. We kind of tried to stay within good boundaries and pray with, didn't get too charismatic, you feeling me? And then all of a sudden, my wife asked the mayor a question, and that question was going to lead to if Radine would release this prophetic word. And it was according to the year that she was mayor. And that was the year, and Radine knew that she was to give this word out of Nehemiah 5 and 6, and Radine began to give this word, and you could tell that it very, very much encouraged the mayor. And the mayor took this word and I believe shared it with her staff. I say that because if you walk through the little door, sometimes you don't even know why you're there. You don't even know. You walk by faith. But in, in the moment, time, God will open up a large, effective door that you know why you, you all, all you, for, you just know why you're there for such a time as this. Are you feeling me? But if you don't walk through the front door, if you don't walk through the first door, 
Why wouldn't you walk through the first door? I'm going to tell you why. Because of this thing called fear. No, I, I, I just, I don't, yeah, I, I just don't know if it's you, God, a, a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. You, you can't doubt. Walk through the door. Or you're going to stay in your little closet. Just stay, I'm going to stay right here in my closet, God. Never, no, walk, go across the threshold. Obey what the Father says. He wants to use you. Here's, the, here, here's my definition of fear. Here we go. You ready? You care about yourself way too much. It's all about you. You care way too much about yourself. And it keeps you in your closet. I've been in that closet. I've been going to go preach at a conference or a new church or something. And all of a sudden, fear. Jail, you care too much about yourself right now. It's not about you. You need to get through that door. You need to preach what I tell you. Don't look at their faces. Come on, somebody. Amen. Some of you need to go through the door. You need to walk through the doors. You need to come out of your closet. You need to come out of your own. Go, go across that door and see where, how God's going to meet you. Because of a wide door for effective ministry has opened for me, yet many oppose me, Paul said. Many may oppose you, but I'm going to tell you right now, God's going to meet with you. Now let me get back to Isaiah 22, 22. It speaks of the key of the house of David. Here's a key that opens every door in the royal palace of David. And the gentleman who has it on his shoulder, he has it on his shoulder and he carries it as a, as a, a sign of authority and a sign that he can get into any door. He can open any door. Eliakim, he can open any door and he can lock any door because he has the key. Access, passage to every place in David's uh, palace. He opens doors no one can open. He shuts doors no one can open. Eliakim is a typology of Christ in the Old Testament who now holds the key of David and his name is Jesus. And Jesus is your door opener. He is the door. He will make a way for you in your marriage today. You're struggling in a relationship? Come on, he's able to unlock your marriage. You're struggling with a young person? He's able to unlock. You struggle with addiction? I'm telling you, you're struggling in the health situation? He can make a way where there has been no way because he holds the key of David. When he opens a door, no man can shut it. When he shuts a door, like in the day of the ark, no man can open it. Jesus holds the key. That's who you want to look to. Come on. And he wants you to, to, to understand the language of doors. Jail, what if the door is shut and it's a place where God, really, it's not, a, it's not a shut door. It's a place where God just wants you to persevere. And I believe that can happen. You got a door, you think it's shut. It's not really shut, but it's a place where God wants you to persevere. Let me give you a hint of what I think you should do. First of all, everyone say discernment. You need to have discernment. You know, it didn't take me great discernment to see that God shut the door at Liberty Lake. Praise God. 
Come on. He'll shut the door, but sometimes it's like, okay, is it shut or do you want me to just persevere? Am I supposed to just press into this? Am I supposed to, come on, fight this? Am I supposed to work this right here? You need to have discernment. The next thing you need to have is an umpire. It's peace. Peace is an umpire in your heart. He'll say, out, safe. (laughs) And you can't buy that peace. You can't manipulate it. You can't pray enough. You can't. It's there or it's not. And you want that peace. The Bible says, let the peace of God lead you. You want that peace. You want discernment. You want the peace of God to lead you. How about this? Hey, Jay, I'm thinking about starting a business. I just don't know if the door is there. I don't know. I just can't tell. I'm, I'm stuck right now. Everyone say multitude of counsel. There's safety in a multitude of counsel. You can wage war. Listen to me. God speaks through his word, but he also speaks through man. And I'm not talking about a bunch of yes people that's going to flatter you. That's not counselors. That's yes people who flatter you. You want people who's real men and women of God that's going to say, no, you lost your mind. You're going to lose all your money. And no, that's not a good thing. Ain't nobody going to come to your business right? Multitude of counsel. The other one is this, key of keys. You better have a word from the Bible. You better have a word from the Logos. We have a word on Heart of the City Church, Deuteronomy 8. Come on, somebody. Got a word from God. Bam! Jeremiah 1. Bam! You got to have the the key of keys. And at the end of the day, here's your final one. Does it make good common sense? Does it make good common sense? It doesn't make good common sense for you to sell icebergs in Alaska. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Are you following me? If you do those things, I believe that you will discern if it is a shut door or if it's a door that God wants you to, if it's a place of perseverance or it's a place that it's shut. He wants to speak to you even in the journey. Are you with me? Let me close with this section of Paul. I'm going to give you an example of how a door was shut for Paul. How God used, I think God wants us to be way more and more spiritual, way more supernatural minded, way more signs and wonders. I mean, this this is the New Testament. This is Paul. This is scripture I'm about to read. God shut a door that really impacted a continent, and I'm going to show you this. If you have your, it's worth you turning there. Acts 16, 7 through 10, it's going to be behind me. Everyone say, shut door. door. Somebody say, open door. door. Somebody say, miracles. miracles. Look, look what God does here. Acts 16, 7 through 10. After they came to Messiah, they tried to go through, they tried to go into Bethania, but the, look, but the Spirit did not permit them. Just meditate on that for a minute. The Spirit did not permit Paul, did not permit them to go to Bethania. The Spirit, not the devil, the Spirit, capital S. So passing by Messiah, They came down to Troas, and a vision, 
Somebody say supernatural. A vision. A vision appeared to Paul in the night. And look what takes place. Wow. Here we have a door shut in Bethania. He has a vision in the middle of the night. And he sees something. Look what it says. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man in Macedonia stood and pleaded saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Can somebody say open door? He shuts a door. Bethania, vision, a man, help us, opens a door in Macedonia. Now after he had seen the vision, immediately he sought to go to Macedonia concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Let me say this. Mark Batterson, in the book, he says this out of whisper. He says, God closes doors to protect us. God closes doors to redirect us. God closes doors to keep us from the less than the best. He wants the best for you. Okay? Quit whining about the shut door. He's got a door for you to go through. Are you with me? Let me show you the shut door in Bethania led to an open door in Macedonia where there was a divine appointment. A divine appointment with a woman named Lydia. Say that with me, Lydia. Lydia. And this Lydia woman came to know Jesus was water baptized, and she became the first European convert ever. Where did it begin with? With a shut door in Bethania. And then somebody, help us in Macedonia. And then Lydia gets born again and water baptized. She becomes the number one convert in Europe. Have you been to Europe? How many of you know that uh, 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 Europe needs Jesus? Huh? It all began with a shut door. You may think, Oh, this is a detour, or or the devil's holding me back. Whatever the God's been saying, he said, no, it's a divine appointment. I got a divine appointment with you. Would you allow me to shut doors? And will you allow me to open doors on your behalf? He wants to speak to you this language. Amen.